0: Of the living God, it's good to see you on this cold Sunday, February afternoon. Y'all's looking nice today as well. It's good to see y'all. Also, awesome. thank you, sir. It's an overcoat still, but yeah, you know i Yeah, I'll you. So, yeah. Um, so um, recently, we've been in this series called A Work of Art. Uh, we've been focusing on Ephesians 2:10. Um, but I'm gonna um, focus on the key word about that. And funny enough, the main verse today is gonna be John 15, one to four, uh, and we're gonna look at um, what it means to abide in Christ. Amen. Amen. So I'm gonna start off in Ephesians two, verse ten. It says that we are His workmanship, His own master work. What's your name I say, I am a work of art. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Follow instructions. Touch the person and say, "I am a work of art." You're a work of art. Uh, and th- this phrase here, I-, I-, I want to encourage some people in the house today that, you know, um, you are a work of art and, and also a work of art in, 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 um, in process. You can be both the same thing at the same time. So I want to encourage some of you here today that you shouldn't allow what life has been up until this point to make you judge whether you are fruitful or not. You know, stop judging yourself before the appointed time that you don't even know when that's going to be. Understand that it takes time to master a piece of work. So what is living out in real time, what God has already done out of time, eternity. Amen. So let let grace simmer your heart today a little bit, that God is working in me and God has already worked in me, that I am a piece of a work of art now and a work of art in process. Amen. So your job today is to hear what is God saying for today and allow him to take care of tomorrow. Is that right, people of God? Amen. Let me finish this verse before we start preaching. Amen. And it says... That you have been created in Christ Jesus. You have been reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which He said, so that we would walk in them, living the good life which He prearranged and made ready for us. May the Lord bless the reading. Of his word. Um, could you just go to the definition of, um, of what is, one of God? It should be the... So the Greek word for, for workmanship is poemia in Greek, uh, which is where we get the words poem and poetry. So um, in the context of how it's being used in this scripture, um, this just means that this is something that's been made and been made by God himself. So this scripture is telling us that when God fashioned you, he was actually insanely specific about how you should look like, talk like, smell like, hopefully we will smell good in here, amen? (laughs) (laughs) Me too, I explained myself before I came up. Um, And and what your desires, your likes, your dislikes, all of those things were fashioned by God. But the interesting thing about it, we've got to the next slide, one of God, please, is that obviously for it to mean poem, it means then there's something about your life that God is actually writing or has already written, should I say. So when he says that he's already prepared good works ahead of time, understand that we're living out days, we're living out purpose and destiny that God has already prearranged for us. How do you name it said it's already been, already been prepared? So if, I don't know about you, but that gives me a bit of peace sometimes because sometimes... We can, as believers, be a bit religious trying to figure out everything that God is saying and sometimes God is just saying two words. You know what those two words are? Follow me. And I will make you, you know, whatever it is that he's called you to be. If you're Peter, it was fishes of men. So there is a, um, a um, what's the word to use here? There's a freedom that we have from this thing called performance that should switch to trusting in God. Where we take him at his word and allow his word through our obedience to do the work that he wants to do in us. Does that make sense guys? Because sometimes as religious Christians, we try to think that we have to do the work and make up a word for what it is that God is saying and somehow and some way God will bless that. But God says that I will give you a word and this word is living and active. When you do that word, that word will work in you. What I'm saying, and what I'm saying will come to pass. Does that makes sense, guys. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, we do it, and it doesn't happen straight away. Amen. You know, we have that, that lovely word we've been hearing at A and about weight, and, and you know patience and all that good stuff. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you. Are you guys tired of hanging weight? Yeah, I oh, I've got honesty in the room. We must <laughs> say no. <laughs> An appointed time. So, God. Saying that your life should express form and pattern. Poetry, if you were listening in your literature, GCSE, you know, remember them, what's them books called again now? That's it, yeah, I can't pronounce it, but that book still. I had to study all those, you know, I did half-class and... um, so next one, I can't remember right now. And we have to study the stanza, you know, the form, how he used certain rhyming words. Some of them weren't rhyming, some of them were whatever they are called. But each thing was intentional by the writer in how he was forming his words and telling a story through his poetry. So when, when the Bible talks about this word poema, it's talking about your life is expression, form and pattern, along with beauty. So liking it to, like, how they thread, you know, scarves and stuff. There's a particular... Method to the madness. It looks like madness when they're doing it, but there's a method to it. That's form and pattern, and at the end, it looks like beauty. You guys, follow me here. Yeah. So there's a lot of method to the madness that's happening in your lives right now. That at the end, it should and it will express God's beauty. Amen. Amen. So I'm just gonna get that as a as a preface. I'm gonna go into go back to the scripture again for me, please. Uh, Ephesians 2 verse 10. For we are, yeah, thank you, sir. For we are his workmanship. That's what you are and who you are. But then it tells us the how, created in Christ Jesus. So let's go to John 15, one to four. The key word there is that you've been created in. Touch your name and say in. In. Christ Jesus. It was just the in word, but yes, Christ Jesus. And this scripture, you know, is one of my favourite chapters in the Bible, so I'm a bit biased here. It describes, you know, the art of what I believe discipleship should look like. Verse 1, I'm going to read up to verse 4, and then we're going to go into a bit of Greek and Hebrew. Is that okay? Amen. Amen. Today we're going to have Bible study. Amen. I am the true vine, this is Jesus speaking, and my Father is the vine dresser. Neither can you, unless you abide in me. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot, cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you, unless you, Abide in me. This word abide, let's go into the Greek. And then we're going to go back to the verse. And we're going to chop it down again. So if you guys remember, I think we did this scripture during the fast, I think. um, And I showed you the stepbible.org. It's a free Bible website where you can look up the Greek and Hebrew. Jesus says that, unless you abide, it says here, to stay. Remain. Live, dwell, abide. It says to be in a state that begins and continues, yet may or may not end or stop. To abide in Christ is to follow his example of a life obedient to the will of God. And if you guys remember, I spoke about that my favorite definition here, I don't know what you guys' is, is that it begins. And continues. And I spoke about the fact that obviously at that time I was praying, so I thought, you know what? A way that we can practice abiding is that we begin in prayer, but then we continue in obedience. You know, so there be hair abiding me, sometimes, subconsciously, we think it means I have to find a secret place. And when I do that, that means I'm abiding. But hair, it tells me that there's no end. It doesn't stop. Meaning that abiding is beyond prayer time. It's, it's along having a prayer life, is live a life of prayer. It means abiding is not even a position or a location that's physically discerned. It's, it's now your, your consciousness of, do you believe, Kami, that God is with you at all times? So now, when I'm choosing to abide in Christ, I'm coming into a realm of understanding that God says that I am already clean. Let's be honest. Sometimes we don't always wake up feeling clean. Amen. May have a funny dream. Hallelujah. <laughs> May have. <laughs> Everyone's laughing. You know it's true. <laughs> May go through certain things. You know, I, I, I'm not talking about habitual sin. I'm not talking about you. Just go through. You know, you know what I'm saying, guys. And sometimes, you know, when you pray, it doesn't feel like the way it used to feel like before. And I, I want to encourage us that sometimes, you know. In God, I don't always feel like goosebumps, but your maturity in God should let you know that his word has said, it doesn't stop based on how I feel. You guys following me here today? So, to abide, it's not just a prophetic word for this season, guys. If, if anything, God is repositioning the whole body of Christ to come back to the main thing. Are you abiding in me? We're seeing a lot of things right now in the body of Christ. Hallelujah, a lot of exposure. Hallelujah, a, a, a lot of fruit that we can now begin to judge and question and discern whether was this good fruit or bad fruit. You know something about fruit as well? Nash, like sometimes fruit that's not good for you can still look good until you eat it. Hmm. I, I don't want to have that funny stomach. So sometimes we need, we need to we need to not judge by parents. I'm getting ahead of myself. So, abide in, let's go back to the, to the verse, please, sir. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. You see, when Jesus says things that obviously don't make sense, i.e., a branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Please know he's saying it because some people are trying to do that. You know, Jesus is not just saying the obvious here. He's saying, look, fam, some of you are trying to do things of itself. Let's take away it and let's just put itself. Some of us may say or may even think and maybe sincerely that what I'm doing is abiding um, it's off God, God, it's what I think God is saying, and he's saying that you can be doing those things off of yourself, and those things cannot be bearing through. You guys following me here, yeah? So, so on one hand, there is an element of, 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 of pressure to make sure that, I, I, I don't have to call it pressure, I say the fear of the Lord, to make sure that we don't just say a name and claim things that God didn't say. Which means some of us may just need to pray a little bit longer until we're really sure that this is what God is saying. May get a bit more counsel before we step out and what we think God is saying. Is that right, guys? Unless it abides in me, neither can you unless you abide in me. So, I don't know about you guys, but even when I see trees, you know, I don't see apple trees struggling to become apples. Do you guys see that? You know, there's something natural that happens when something is in position. Which tells me that bearing fruit is not a work of effort of man's power. Bearing fruit is a byproduct of where I'm living from. I think today God wants to free us from performance. Hallelujah. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Guys. Because sometimes we talk about fruit and good works. And though naturally it may look like we're doing things, and we are, I'm not going to ignore that part. Next week we'll go into what does it mean to work hard for God. Amen. But today we're going to look at what does it mean for my work to be off God. Because many people are working, many people will say X, Y, Z, but he will say, I don't know what you're talking about, my friend. There's a call and a conviction that whatsoever I'm doing is a byproduct of where I'm abiding in Christ. And I want to charge you guys that being in Christ um, is something that we bear witness to where his word has to be at the forefront, his word has to be at the behind. You know, in the Bible, in Deuteronomy, do you remember when read the scriptures and it tells them to put the word of God on your doorstep? Pull it on. He even said something to, to pull it on the on the what's this called the the thing here. He says, everywhere you go, remember the Lord God is one and it has all the Torah stuff. He he was like, you guys have to keep on keeping this thing before you. Because guess what? By nature we drift. So, so when Jesus is saying man can't live by bread alone, man can't live by what he is able to manufacture with his hands. He has to live by what every word that proceedeth. So there's even an onus on us to make sure that the last word he said is what he's saying right now not not proceeded proceedeth what is he saying not what did he just said you guys following me here yeah i want to make sure that when we're talking about abiding it must always coincide with the word the word guys not 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 how it felt today in 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 the presence of god That's, that's 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 abiding but that's not what abiding is only when you leave this place of that presence and experience, how does it motivate you to do what is next for God? I think Iman spoke about, you know, in his explanation about the picture, about if we're getting filled, it means we ought to be releasing it out. So leaving here today, this week, something's got to happen in your heart where you've got to try to do something for somebody else. Hello? Hi? are you awake? <laughs> this week... There has to be a motivation. If I'm believing the love of God is touching me like this, somebody else has to experience what I have. So, verse 5, because I'm going to stay on time today, amen? But are you guys receiving something so far today, yeah? Yeah. It has to be the word, guys. Like, Like, it has to be the word, guys. I'm telling you, there'll be seasons in your life where you don't feel like things are happening, but God said... It has to be the word, guys. It has to be an anchor for your soul. But maturity, I like, look, to those of you that are maturing in things that you don't like doing, you're doing it because you know that's the right thing to do, right? Yeah. So there's a call for us, like I said last week, about a new measure of maturity and growth, where I've got to go past feelings now because sometimes my feelings be lying to me. My wife gets to tell me that like, you know feelings are only indicators; they're not facts. So if anything, my emotions are just bringing areas of awareness of my soul that I should be bringing before the Lord in prayer that I cannot allow these things to now dictate my actions, whether to do the right thing or do the wrong thing. You guys feeling me here, yeah? The Word of God is living and active. It's able to discern your thoughts and your hearts. It's able to come into all the places that I can't see and judge what's really going on here. The Word of God. So, verse 5 says that I am divine, And he repeats himself again that we are... He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Scripture always does me. Because, like I said, when Jesus says the obvious, it's because it means the opposite is happening. So it means there are some things, my friend, that I'm doing. That God says that's nothing. Because it didn't come from abiding. Hello? Anything outside from this place called abiding, his word. Hmm. God says, whatever I'm doing is nothing. It's not scary. I've know. been praying for the fear of the Lord this year. That's my prayer. I know God loves me. Let me walk in the fear of the Lord. Let me me make sure that my feelings of being loved isn't now making me casual in things that God has said not to do. Hmm. Hmm. Without me, you can do nothing. So, So it's possible, Jeffrey, as a believer, that there are works you're doing and the Bible will call dead works. Let's go to Hebrews 6, verse 1. I'm going to break down dead works, and I'm going to go into the, 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 the action point that we're going to do t- today to make sure that we don't do these things. Amen? Amen? Paul had an issue with these people that he's talking to in Hebrews. He was like, by now, you man should have grown up. You ought to be teachers, but I'm having to go over the basic one-on-ones of the milk of the word. You should be eating meat by now. Paul came to inspect and said, the time that I'm inspecting right now is a time where you guys should have been maturing, but I'm having to go over certain things again. And then he highlights, because cause Paul's a very nice man, hallelujah, he's not just out you, he will also show you the way to go, hallelujah, amen. He says, therefore... Leaving the elementary teaching about the Christ. So there are teachings in God that are foundational. What can say, foundational. foundational? And by God's grace, this year, we'll go through the foundational elementary teachings of Christ. He says here, let us press on to maturity. Hey, you see that image there, guys? Let us what? Press. Man then, press on. Let us press. Hmm. And ladies, I'm a bit yeah, sorry. Sorry, <laughs> so, so being a bit, been a, bit been a bit biased there. So, <laughs> press onto so so, so it, maturity is not even automatic anymore, guys. It's not about how long you've been coming here. How long I've been saying and how long I've been doing. That's nice. Where's the fruit? Laying, not, not laying down a foundation of repentance, wow, from dead works and of faith towards God. You know, the reason why I believe that Christians perform dead works is because Christians believe they can earn God's love. When we look at the context of John 15, like you guys said already, it's about love. Love being the beginning, love being the middle, love being the end. And and so these guys, because the next verse says, of faith towards God. Because we know that we are saved by what? Grace, through faith, not by works, lest anyone boast. Meaning when we are saved, it's not of our own doing. I did that to be saved by Jesus. He done all of the work for us. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name. But repentance from dead works is that we're using our works as a performance act to to prove that I am worthy or I should attain God's love. And if if lot of us here right now, even me, I put my hands up too, if we're honest, our up and down sometimes in our Christian life is the unconvincingness of, does God love me? Even this guy went through it, because he had to write in Romans 8, I am fully persuaded. So all of us in the same boat together, guys. I am fully convinced, my that nothing, look at that word again, can separate me from the love of God. If there's an elementary teaching today that we should always be going over in our hearts, is that I am loved by God. Hello? Hello? I am... Loved by God. So, the only responsibility, because maturity is, is attainment of responsibility, is that the word says response ability. All you've got to do is use your ability to respond to what God is saying. That's how you grow. Sometimes we think it's our responsibility to show God this is who I am. I am now the prayer warrior. I am now the preacher. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. And God says that you're already clean, already the warrior, already the X, Y and Z because of the words, that word again now, that I have spoken to you. So what do you do now? You just what? You walk in it. You might stumble, get up again and you do what guys? Walk in it. might fall over again, get up again, Kemi, and what? Walk in it. So maturity, when we're talking about to maturity, we're not allowing our experiences to become doctrine, what I mean, I'm not allowing how much I felt to now define whether I think God is with me or not, I'm not allowing what I've been going through or what I am going through now to be the definition of what I am, I'm a working process, hello? I've been recreated, and I'm a work of art in what? In process. A righteous man will fall down how many times? Once again, the Bible is not being lazy with words. The number seven means what? Perfection. So you can be a perfect failure, but he get up again. Number eight, you're a new person. And it takes faith to believe that, guys. Like, you've got to believe that before you see that. And this is what God is doing. So when we're abiding, God is trying to do work from the inside out. You guys following me here, yeah? So, I'm going to round up in Luke chapter 10, 38. Mm. Mm. Okay, before I go there, let's just do Matthew 7. Sorry, guys, forgive me. Let's get off my notes. Um, Matthew 7, is it there? Is it? Okay. It's not, it's not the laws of chapter 10, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so so I've I banged on about what abiding is. I've banged on about the possibility of us doing things that will be counted as nothing, aka dead works. And I now want to kind of um, go into the action point as to what kind of lifestyle should we be living that we can avoid dead works and live a lifestyle of abiding in the vine. Is that okay, people of God? We're going to leave here with some edification, hallelujah, um, and not judgment in Jesus' name. Hey, so one of our favorite stories in a and Mary and Martha, two sisters. I'm going to read from verse 38. Um, it says that now it happened as they went that he, Jesus, entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house, and she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his words. I did I even say? Word. word. Uh, is, is, is there any key word today? What's the word today, guys? Word. Hallelujah. Verse 40. But Martha hmm, was what, guys? Distracted. Hmm. With much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. Verse 41. Aye. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are what? Worried and troubled about many things. Aye. But one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be be taken away from her." May the Lord bless the reading of his words. (laughs) Let's just go through the scripture again before I go to my place. Uh, Yes, yes sir. So, because we have to just give a bit of props to Martha, amen, you know, it was Martha who invited Jesus into the house, amen, Martha welcomed him. So, 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 So Martha was skilled in hospitality, amen, you know, She was a thoughtful woman. She said, I'm going to prepare a place for Jesus to come and chill and eat and have a good time. Amen? Isn't that our desires, guys? She had a sister, you know, had a brother. My brother Lammy was just sitting and chilling at the master's feet, and I'm in the kitchen preparing some food for the master. And, and, And the Bible had to insert something there and said that, The serving, which is good, guys. But it was birthed out of what, guys? Distraction. Meaning that we can be doing good things from a posture of anxiety. He says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and also troubled about what, guys? Many things. Jeffrey she was so skilled in doing many things. But many things were going on inside of her. So, so to the naked eye, I can even tell that this, this woman is troubled and this woman is worried. But she looks like she's preparing and doing a good job for Jesus. And Jesus is like, go to the go to the go to the best. Worried and troubled about many things. But only what, guys? One thing is needed. It wasn't wasn't two weeks ago that I said, Guys, what's that one thing God's asking about you? And I said to you that when we allow the one thing to become our focus, that one thing has the ability to do what, guys? Touch many things. So the human nature thinks that we have to do many things in order to get one thing. But God said, if you just do one thing, you can have access to what, guys? Many things. Are you guys following me here? Yeah? Martha had the ability to discern that this time was not the time to be doing busyness around the house. Jesus is here. Let me sit at his feet. Other versions talk about how she was soaking up all of the revelation that Jesus was teaching. Jesus was there to teach, not there to be fed. You know sometimes we treat our walk like we need to do stuff for God. God's like, look, can you come to my table? I've got stuff to give to you hello, like we've got this works thing all mixed up in our faith where we're trying to do stuff and he's like, I've already prepared a table before you. I've come to your house, not for you to give me food, but I'm going to give you food. So Martha had an issue because you've got to look at the posture of Mary. Let's go back to the first one, please, man of God. It had to highlight to us that Mary was where? At his feet. So Mary had the posture of surrender. The reason why Martha could do what she was doing and then look in the natural doing it well is because she hadn't yet surrendered the many things unto God. God has one job for you, lady. Just look at me. God has one job for all of us, a Receive from me. Any of you that, are, that is thirsty, let him come and drink. Hungry, come and eat. Come and buy food, he says, for free. Some of us, how we behave is that we want to buy the food for Jesus to cook for us to eat. And today I'm praying and I'm hoping that God will deliver us from performance. I put down here because I was writing in my journal this morning about this particular scripture, that some of us are more anxious because our consciousness is what's wrong about us rather than the beauty of what God has made right about us. We lose sight of the simple gospel that he's died for our sins and he's not asking for us to pay for them again. Humans have made work their value so when sin entered the world, the world, it turned us into human doings rather than human beings. You're valuable because you are made in the image of God, not because you do everything perfect. Martha's value is that I need to be doing something good, but it wasn't the right time, nor was it really what she wanted to do. She was anxious, so she went back to doing what she was best at doing to cover it up. But really, she was distracted, worried and troubled. But outwardly, she was serving, doing the right thing. I put in brackets here, dead works. Mm-hmm. Mary looked like Jeffrey, she was doing nothing. Because mm-hmm. all she was doing was sitting at the feet. Yeah. But Mary had chosen something, that from his feet, I cast my cares. And from his feet, I received my marching orders. The Bible says, Come to me, all of you that are heavy laden and burdened, I will give you rest. Amen. Martha needed a break, but Martha chose serving. This is funny because obviously I'm a per guy, you need to serve, amen. amen. But you need to serve from a place where you've been yielded to God. Amen. Now, I'm not doing this because God needs me to do this. I'm doing this because God is so good. Are you guys following me here? Mary looked like she was doing jack, guys. She's just sitting at the feet. Picture in your mind. I like to picture in the Bible in mind. She's just sitting there. And I'm doing this. Remember, Mary said to Jesus, do you not care? So now we're seeing that her issues are leaking through. And she's thinking, God, are you not caring about all that I'm doing, that you're allowing this girl to sit down whilst I'm doing this. So now we're seeing the issues of the, of the heart are leaking through the conversation through her mouth. She's now questioning him, doesn't he not care? But the fact is you have all these cares and troubles that you're not casting onto him. And you're deflecting because you're seeing what she's doing and saying, Jesus, can, I not tell her what to, can you not tell her, tell her to come and help me? left me alone. Tell her to help me." Pure projection. So, so sometimes this is what happens when we're going through things and then we feel that like nobody cares. The easiest thing to do is to see that, well, this person's doing something. Jesus is, is, is somehow, was attentive to them. What about me? But go to the next verse. Jesus is available to everyone. But what did Mary do? Mary chose. Hello? Mary saw options. Do I serve in the kitchen or do I sit at his feet? She chose to sit at his feet. What choices are you making, people of God? Hello? What choices are you making? I'm going to sing a song. Hallelujah. What choices are you making? What choices are you making? And the reality is, when you're anxious, you don't, you don't even think you have choice. In fact, the choice that is good seems very risky. Because anxiety is telling you, if you let this ball drop, everything on shatter. So I'm not going to sit here and say that trusting God always makes sense. <laughs> it's not logic out here, guys. It's by faith. It ain't nothing logical about sacrificing your only son, you know? It ain't nothing logical about going to somewhere... That I will tell you when you get there that that's something you should go. It's mm. nothing logical believing that our sins, past, present, future, have been paid for. And nothing logical about this Jesus thing, guys. If anything, our act of faith is a risk. Like, like do you guys really believe that when you die, you're gonna go to heaven? Mm. You know, it's just how I think sometimes. Hallelujah. <laughs> Could I be wrong? So it's a risk. But but, but we have a certainty that because our God is not a liar, that what he said, he will what? Do. So I can take a risk, knowing that this risk will have a reward at the end. The Bible says that if anyone comes to God, they must do what? First do what, guys? Believe. And believe that he is a rewarder of those that will diligently seek. Whatever you choose to do is what you're seeking, guys. So now seeking goes beyond one hour soaking. After you soaked for an hour, what did you choose after this? That's what you're seeking. And the Bible had to add in there, diligence. Meaning that, guys, some of these things will take time. So, I'm going to end there. We're going we're to we're pray. Is that okay, people of God? Don't allow what you're going through to mask what it is that God is, is desiring from you. First things first, abide in me. Anxiety is, is, is placing today's power to choose the right thing in a tomorrow that's not even promised, guys. That's why he says, don't worry about tomorrow. He says, look, man, he even acknowledges that today's trouble, so God's not even ignoring or saying you don't have troubles. He said, today's trouble is sufficient. Let's deal with today, Moffat. Let's deal with today. Tomorrow will take care of itself. And that whole chapter of, of Matthew 6, God is parking it onto us. If I can care for lilies and care for birds, how much more you? So sometimes the issue when it comes to our abiding is just us even believing that God actually cares for us. The Bible says, cast your cares unto him because he cares for you. Peter acknowledged that sometimes we don't do the right thing because we don't believe the right thing is going to work. He acknowledges... That our lack of casting of cares just based on the knowledge of whether we actually believe that God actually cares about what's bothering me. And if there's a prayer that we can pray today, it's Lord, give me fresh revelation of your love for me. If there's a prayer that we can pray today, guys, Is that, Lord, give me the grace to choose the right thing at the right time there's a prayer that we can pray today is that we can tell god the truth about what's really happening so that prayer is not a performance of saying the right things but saying the true things you shall know the truth or you shall say the truth and the truth shall make you free you you, you guys know how free it is to tell the truth you know how free it is to confess You've all been there before. We had to that weight on your shoulder. God wants to remove weights today, in Jesus' name. He says, "My yoke is easy and my burden is light." So even now, I just want you to take a moment. We're going to practice abiding right now. We're going to ask the Father. Open my eyes to the wondrous. Love that you have for me. Father, help my unbelief in this area. Hmm. Yes, Jesus. Father, we ask today that you would touch our understanding today, God. Touch our minds today, God. Hmm. Remind us that even when the first man, Adam, even when he sinned and chose to to run away, Father, you were still faithful to come to the meeting place with him. And you asked him, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? I believe the Father is not even shouting those words right now. He's whispering those words, where are you? He came and his expectation was to find you and he can't see you. And he's asking, where are you? May A&T's response be, here I am, Lord. Here I am, Father. Father, I pray in this month of February, Lord, would you break shame from our failures, God. Would you break guilt from our wrongdoings, O oh God. May the love of God so much penetrate us today, God, that it will set us free from the dungeons that we even built for ourselves, Father. I pray that is anybody in this room that feels like they're in a ditch, Father. May your outstretched arm of salvation pull them out even right now in the name of Jesus. We're praying for the love of the Father to speak and to echo to every hardened area of our lives, Father. Would you make this month be a month where your rivers of healing waters would flow and gush all over us, oh God. Father, I decree an emancipation over this house in the month of February, oh God. As we choose to abide, Father, God, as we choose to say yes, as we choose the one thing to sit at your feet, Father, I pray that through this choice may we reap The freedom, Father God, that you have purchased for us. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Father, I pray that the fruit that we begin to bear, let it be the fruit, Father God, that is evidence in how we love and treat one another, O oh God. He said to us in your word, no greater love than this, than for a man or a woman to lay down his life for his brother or sister. I pray that this week, God, that there will be a conviction in our hearts, O oh God, to, to share your love with someone, O oh God. Friend, enemy, stranger, let us be motivated and constrained by the love of god to bear the fruit that is consistent with the fruit of the spirit oh god. speak gentleness over this house patience love joy peace we pray kindness oh god we just decree in the name of jesus this will be a house full of all kinds of fruit fruits that glorify the father fruits that meet the needs of one another Fruits that enrich the places that you have planted us in, oh God. We decree that now in the name of Jesus. Liberate us from self today, God. And bring us into the freeing lifestyle, Father, of living for you, Father God, and being a blessing unto everybody else. We ask you this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen and amen. Let's give the Holy Ghost a round of applause. Amen.